Wonderful job. Friends, it's always something, isn't it? I said last week in the contemporary, it's I-A-S, it's always something. If it's not one thing, it's the other thing. If it's not Iraq, it's Ukraine. If it's not an earthquake, it's a tsunami. If it's not maybe a cyber attack, it's a pandemic, or it's a nuclear meltdown possibility, or it's a hospital bombing, you name it. Every year we spend more and more on homeland security, more on security cameras, more on personnel, more armed guards, millions dedicated to helping us all sleep and have peace. And even though we're spending more on metal detection and drones and bomb-sniffing dogs, more people are searching for internal peace more than ever. I mean, Paxil is flying off the shelves. And millions are suffering from anxiety disorders and panic attacks and phobias, and people are troubled in their hearts. And it seems like that the path to peace is simply beyond our grasp. It appears that it's elusive. And I'm here to tell you today that there's not any amount of gun permits and armed guards and Dovermans or whatever you're trying to do to find peace because the only real peace you can have is coming before God and Jesus Christ connecting with the God of this world. That's the only lasting peace you can have in this life. So we're in a series right now. We're trying to remind everybody of the importance of connecting to the Lord in daily prayer. I know sometimes we are trying to be relevant. We're trying to really come alongside you and not be boring, but we're trying to tell you this is what you need to do. And this is one of those moments where you need to understand daily prayer is where the action is. It's where the transformation happens. It's where the peace results because you are learning to depend on God. You're drawing nigh to God and God will draw nigh to you. It's so important that we understand that and that's what we're challenging you in this Lenten season to a real life of prayer, of daily prayer and daily connection. You know how frustrating it is when you sit down and you got your popcorn and you got your soda and you're turning on your favorite uh, show on your smart TV and all of a sudden it starts buffering and you just can't connect. Or you're at work and you got this vital meeting, this really important meeting and uh, the Zoom won't connect. You've lost power or your computer goes to install and you just kind of lose out. And you know, as a person, if you call yourself a disciple, friends, you are missing the boat. You are missing out because you are not connected to God. Prayer is absolutely crucial for our lives and we are challenging you, we dare you to step up to a time of prayer for your life. And as you begin to understand this prayer, you really begin to notice very clearly what God is talking about here in this Lord's Prayer and how you can have real peace in life. You know, all of us at one point or another has faced on some level those hair-raising moments, those uh, times that keep us up at night, the worries kind of seep into our lives and you're just like bewildered, you, you have the struggle with anxiety and being a Christ follower is not going to exempt you from that. But as a disciple, that's why prayer is so vital because 
you can't overcome all these challenges in life by sheer willpower. You can't combat the woes and the problems of life just on your own strength. In the very essence of this prayer, we get to the heart of it today because we are seeing that we need to depend on God. That you need someone outside of yourself to draw strength from, somebody with real power to help you navigate through life successfully. And today we're going to look at this verse here, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. We started the prayer by saying, our Father, that's who we go to, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And then we come down to these wonderful seven words of verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. And you're kind of thinking, well, why in the world will we pray for bread in this day when our pantries are packed to the gills and our freezers are over running and praying for bread in America where it seems like everybody's losing the battle of the bulge? And people are signing up for Pilates and Zuma and joining Planet Fitness, and you would think praying for bread to actually be a bad thing. But when Jesus here taught this prayer, you have to understand he's giving you a blueprint to follow. He's given you guidance on how you should go before God in prayer. And as I said before, you notice the first half of this prayer, the first three requests are the divine request or the divine recognition. And you're praying here, your name, your kingdom, and your will. But now all of a sudden there's a marked shift in this prayer. And you notice it in the pronouns because we're going from your name, your kingdom, your will to give us and forgive us and lead us and what seems to be getting at here is that first of all you have to think of God before you can think of yourself and in fact as this goes on in Matthew 6 you'll notice down at the bottom of that chapter Matthew 6 he says seek ye first the kingdom of God and all other things will be added unto you it's seek God first in your life it's depend on God it's recognizing that you need God in your life. Notice here also that we don't say, my bread. I mean, there's a corporate side to this prayer indicating we shouldn't just be concerned merely about our own needs. This prayer is not only an antidote for pride and materialism and worry, but it's also here concerned about selfishness. And we are to pray, Lord, as you meet my needs, also meet my other friends' needs. Meet the other needs of my brothers and sisters. And that is, our bread should never come from the detriment of others. And at times we think of ourselves of just having all to ourselves. So often we live in this bubble. We live in a bubble. We don't realize the horrible needs, the great suffering that goes on in so many other places. And we just think, God, it's just us in this world. You know, G.K. Chesterton was that great guy there, that English philosopher, that quick-witted guy, and he said it like this. He said, a person can no more possess a private religion than they can possess a private sun, moon, or stars. And when Jesus said, give us this day, our daily bread, he's not suggesting let's all pile in the car and head over to Aldi's. But he's saying it's okay to pray for your daily needs for you need to depend on me daily for your needs. 
And these seven words here really call us to this absolute dependence on God. Proverbs 3, lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And we need that kind of dependence today because God is there to help us. God is there to provide for us for he is our creator. Uh, I'll never forget the uh, news flash that came out many years ago now. It was a guy by the name of Danny Simpson. He robbed a bank in, Cal in Canada. And nothing unusual about that, unfortunately, because someone's always stealing from someone. This guy robs a bank. They apprehend him, but guess what? He's sentenced to several years in jail, but his firearm that he used to rob the bank went to a museum. I mean, he robbed the bank for $6,000, but in the palm of his hand was this semi-Colt 45, and it had been made back in the early 1900s, and it was an antique, and it was worth a couple hundred grand. I mean, it was worth like $250,000. And he had what he needed right in the palm of his hand. And in a similar way for us today, you have what you need in the power of prayer available to you. You need that today. The real issue is not so much praying for more bread, but it's coming to dependence upon God, realizing your need for God. Now, here in these seven words, there's three life lessons at least, and we can never fully plumb this. We could go on days just on these seven words, but three valuable life lessons to glean from this. And one is, the first thing we learn here is you need to seek God as an answer to your needs because in God, God is concerned for human need. Now, of course, back in the day, they didn't have all these freezers and tons of Campbell's, uh, you know, uh, cans of food and green beans and all this stuff that could sat on your shelf for days and weeks, but no, they lived hand to mouth back in that culture. And this is the only place where you notice this word daily in the scripture uh, here in the Bible. It, it's not found in Greek writings even outside of Christian literature, and it really baffled those scholars of how to translate this word. The word translated daily, it just bewildered people for centuries because not really understanding the full weight of what this term was. And then archaeologists one day, they dug up a papyrus fragment that contained a housewife's shopping list. And next to several items, this lady had scribbled the word for daily. And then it began to dawn on them exactly what was the intended word, what the linguistics was going on here. And back in Bible times, bread was a whole grain staple of life. And it was baked fresh every day. And it was an essential part of life. And Jesus is instructing us here to ask God for what we need for the day. And Jesus told us not to live by bread alone, but by the words of life. And it probably meant enough bread for the coming day. There's a better translation here that you might say that really captures this, that give us today bread enough for tomorrow. And that is when you pray in the morning, you're asking for God's provisions for the day, just what you need for the day. And if you're praying at night, you're praying God for your help, your wisdom, your strength, your insight for the day of tomorrow. In other words, God will supply what you need to honor him and to do his will. You know, bread is one of the first places we go to when Kroger's announces we're going to have a snowstorm. And people go bananas and they just clean the shelves off and one of the first shelves is the bread. 
And bread is one of those racks. It's a basic need of life. And Jesus did not teach us, give us this day our daily pie or give us this day our daily cake, but it's give us our essentials. Give us our bread. And this verse here places an emphasis on the necessities of life, what we really need. You know, in our home, probably like in your home, we've got one of those Alexa devices, and we say, hey, add this to our shopping list. It used to be back in the day, you'd have this like little uh, magnetic strip of paper there, and you'd just make your shopping list, and almost always would be the bread there. And you know, isn't it true, you can't really go anywhere in the world where this is not important, and you find some sort of bread. When we went there in 2020, we looked out our window to the right, and somebody going down to Jerusalem, they had this huge, like, wooden thing on top of their head, and they're holding it, and it's all full of bread as they're walking through town. It's real stuff. It's real life. It's real needs. And even in the past, even prisoners, as you know, were entitled to at least bread and water. Jesus knew the human need. Jesus, we can see, observing his every footstep, how he was concerned for people, for he himself hungered and thirsted there in the wilderness. Jesus was grieved. He knew the anguish of loss when he saw this widow at Nair who had lost her son. One of the shortest verses in the Bible, John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. Jesus wept when he lost Lazarus. Notice that his followers were hungry and he fed them the 5,000. He healed the lonely and the sick. He touched the blind. He converted the lepers. He reached out to the Samaritans. He liberated the demon possessed. He fixed breakfast for some of the fishermen there early one morning. Jesus here taught us not only to the provision of bread for physical life, but also for spiritual well-being. I mean, if Jesus came simply to satisfy our physical needs, then it could have all been done by the Pillsbury Doughboy. Think of it. This is something far deeper of what Jesus is addressing here. He intended this to be a symbol and a substance here, a physical bread for something spiritual, something deeper in life. So many people today are living, living defeated lives because they think no one really cares. But God cares that you have groceries to buy and mortgages to meet and bills to pay and God created us and knows our human need. I have a friend who is a fanatic about uh, Henry Ford, goes up to Michigan, the museum's got all kinds of memorabilia, has antique cars, the whole thing. And I heard this story one time about how Henry Ford back in the day was out driving down the road in one of his Model T's and all of a sudden there's a car broken down. And he pulls over. This other guy's driving a Model T, and he says, well, I'm going to help this guy. I, you know, know how to do it. After all, I made the car. And he goes up to the guy, and of course, Henry Ford's kind of like in a suit, all dressed up kind of thing. And the guy's looking at him with grease all over him, and he's trying to figure this out. And he kind of says, well, you don't look like a mechanic to me. I don't think I need you. And he had to tell him, well, I'm the guy that created this vehicle. I know all about it. I know how it works. I know what it needs. I know how it operates. And you know, God in like manner knows all about our workings. He knows all about our needs. He knows all about our situations. He knows the lilies of the field and the sparrows of the air. And he can help us deal with any ordeal, any problem, any situation if we only go to God. For in this prayer, we begin to see what, you know, God cares for us. 
Another lesson that you kind of take away from this verse 11 here is in God, you are totally dependent then on your spiritual and physical needs. And you know, when you start to depend on anything outside of God, it's going to lead to anxiety. Because in this world, we're living with the laws of thermodynamics. You're living with entropy. Everything is decaying. Things are broken. You can't ultimately rely on everybody. We all get busy. We forget things. Uh, you know, things happen, and you can't really have that firm reliance. It creates worry and stress in our life. If you're depending on things in this world, in your bubble, uh, you know, other than God. And in this prayer, we pray, give us, hereby indicating that we do not have what we need, and so we need to ask God to supply it. Now, back in the day, it was the great baseball catcher, Yogi Bear, and they're playing this game up in New York, and I think it was the bottom of the ninth, as I understand, and two outs, and this next batter comes up, and he makes a sign of the cross on home plate with his baseball bat. And Bear, of course, is the catcher, and he's a Catholic, and he takes out his catcher's mitt and just wipes off home plate, and he said, well, let's just let God watch this one. <laughs> now, that might be great theology when it comes to the baseball game, but it's really poor theology when you apply it to life, and at worst, it's fatal. But that's the way so many people have as an outlook on life God is at attendance in the game of your life, but he's only there as a spectator. You don't want him involved in your life. You don't want him on first base coaching you or out in the dugout or anywhere else. You just want him up in the game uh, of the stands. And our prayers oftentimes amount to these ceremonies, like the Star Spangled Banner, and then, okay, go back to your seat and let me play the, my game of life the way I want to do it. But in this prayer, friends, we find out here that we need to depend on God for everything in our life, the total supply of all of our needs. Again, I think that is so hard in our world. I get it because we only have enough food, not only for today, but tomorrow and next week sitting in our freezers. I mean, just think how much the world has changed in the last decade or two. When I was a kid growing up, we had a neighborhood store in all the communities we were at, there was, there was always this mom and pop store down at the end of the block and you could walk down there and get whatever it was that you needed. And then all of a sudden, all these other things started piling up. And today we've got like huge things. We've got Costco's, we've got Sam's Club. And you know, you go to the grocery store and it's almost the size of a small town. And employees there are not just using box cutters, they're operating forklifts. And you pick up a basket that's almost the size of a Volkswagen. And if you can manage that thing, push it and pulling it down the aisle, you pick up not individual items, not just a four pack of Charmin, but you're getting 72 rolls. You're getting huge cases of things. And you're driving home, you're thinking, where are you gonna put all this stuff? In this prayer, we're reminded here, we're praying for our daily needs, the needs of the day and to depend on God for strength, for wisdom. And then thirdly, I'm going to say to you that it's in God you learn to live then a day at a time. You learn to rely on the resources of God daily. And this is the promise of provision. This is the prayer of dependence here, this verse 11. God will supply 
All that you ever need, says Apostle Paul in Philippians 4.19, God has promised to provide everything you need, not everything you desire. No loving parent ever gives their child everything they desire. Hey, Dad, I'd like to have a Trans Am. Hey, I'd like to have a nice heliport on top of the house. And the same is true with God. You know, you always appreciate these words at the end of Proverbs chapter 3. And this prayer goes like this. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my need. And it goes on. If I grow too rich, I may deny you and say, who is the Lord? And if I am poor, I may still and thus insult God's holy name. The writer of that prayer is saying, I understand myself. If I have too much in my life, if I'm doing things my own way, then I don't need you. If I have too little, then I might go out and do something I shouldn't do. Lord, I know if you'll just provide for me daily, I can be content. I want to have just enough so I can be content. I wonder if you can live with that. Can you be content with that? Somebody said the problem with contentment is you always want more of it. And that's a great statement because we are a want more kind of people. Proverbs 27, people will never stop wanting more than they have. You see, because today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. And we're to pray today only for the bread and the need of the day. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It didn't say it's a stadium light. It's going to shed light on the next football field, but it's just light for the day. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just lean into the day. God, come quickly and meet my need. In this one church every week, we were finding somebody littering in the pews. And uh, we thought, well, who is sitting in that pew all the time and making a mess? And then finally we started looking a little closer. And one week we started seeing Claire illness, Lester jobs, Sarah marriage, and just a list of needs. And we're like, oh, this person's going through some problems. And so we waited for the right moment and we kind of inquired and she began to tell us, she said, you know, here in this Lenten season, I ride the bus to work and I passed a sign the other day and it said, take your worries to church and leave them there. <laughs> and she said, that's what I am doing for Lent. And she said, I'm gonna continue that. I'm taking my prayer needs to the Lord and leaving them there. Friends, we wanna invite you to do the same thing at this prayer wall or those cards in the pew that you write down the needs of the day, the needs for your life, and come to depend upon God. Let us pray. God, thank you so much that we can just relax in your presence, realize your love and care for us. We ask God that you would just rush through all of the busyness of our lives and slow us down and remind us of how we need you daily in our lives. Not just to be a spectator, not to just be merely someone who sits by the wayside as we try to operate our own life, but Lord, that we invite you in 
with a daily walk, supplying our needs, giving us wisdom and strength, and ultimately your peace, knowing you've got this. May we trust in you today. For we pray all this in the name of Christ. Amen.